Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine and More. Every bunny loves honey glazed carrots. A great side dish for your springtime celebration and a delicious compliment to a sweet, bright Moscato. Your Bloody Mary bar will be the talk of brunch with the vodka I'm stalking. Pile those toppings sky high. Serving lamb this season? Try it with a bold Cabernet from the trendy Paso Robles region. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, Total Wine and More has you covered with 8,000 wines, 3,000 spirits, and 2,500 beers at always low prices. Cheers! The following program is a Forbes and Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Denise Ristari, and this is Mentoring Moments, a podcast where smart, witty, and bold women are sharing their triumphs and their skids. We aren't just talking, we're taking action, and we're inviting you to join us every Wednesday in my New York City apartment. Mentoring Moments is brought to you by the all-new crossover Toyota CHR edgy, stylish, and fun to drive. Visit toyota.com slash C dash HR to learn more. Embrace the unexpected. And sitting across from me smiling is Latham Thomas. Latham, I am so happy you're here and so thankful to Jamia Wilson for introducing us. I know. I love Jamia, and I'm so honored to be here with you. What a blessing to be welcomed into your home. Well, thank you. And the blessing is mine as well, and especially with the chocolate bar you brought. So thank you. <laughs> you could, it would have been a blessing without the chocolate bar. <laughs> so Latham is a self-care evangelist who wants women to reclaim their bodies as sacred so we can rise to be the best versions of ourselves. Mm -hmm. I'm all about this, trying to be the best version of myself. That's right. It's it's not easy. It's not easy, and I really want to get into that. Latham was named one of Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul 100. Latham is the founder of Mama Glow, a lifestyle brand offering inspiration, education, and holistic services for expectant and new mamas. She's a graduate of Columbia University and the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and she serves on the Tufts University Nutrition Council. And, 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 she's an author, and she has a new book coming out. But let's talk about her first book first. First book is Mama Glow, A Hip Guide to Your Fabulous Abundant Pregnancy. And her book that's coming out in September is What Every Woman Needs to Know, and it's called Own Your Glow. A Soulful Guide to Luminous Living and Crowning the Queen Within. I want to definitely crown the queen within. Yes. I, I want to find it first. Sometimes you have to find the queen within. And you are the proud mother of a 13-year-old man who is a professional DJ. How yes. cool is that? Mm-hmm. And you're really leading a revolution in radical self-care teaching. You're teaching women everywhere to mother ourselves first. That's right. That's huge. That is, and that is so hard. I can't tell you later. So important. Every woman that has been on this podcast with me, we're all struggling with that. Mm -hmm. How do we do it? We say it, but how do we do it? That's right. So we're going to kick off and we're going to start with, I'm going to share a mentoring moment and talk about mothering. Yes. My daughter and I just got back from a trip and we had the best time. So we went to Calistoga, we went to Napa Valley Mm. and I've been talking a lot about following the signs, Mm -hmm. about, you know, when you see the signs, follow the signs, because sometimes I don't do that. And Mm -hmm. afterwards, I'm like, okay, every sign was there that was in front of me. So 
we are in Point Reyes, which is between San Francisco and Calistoga. So it's like this tiny, it's beautiful, Mm -hmm. but this tiny little quaint town um, on the coast. And it's the only day we were there for, we were in California for four days. Mm -hmm. And that's right, you're from California, so you wouldn't know. It was the one day that was just a little drizzly. Okay. And, but so we were still doing a lot, but we went on a hike, but it was still like, we didn't do the longest hike because the weather wasn't the best. Right. And now we had a few hours before dinner. So we could have taken a nap, which would have been a nice thing to do. Mm -hmm. But we decided we would drive out to the lighthouse because we Mm -hmm. wanted to see the coast. We wanted to be, you know, look at the ocean. Now, the lighthouse is closed on Tuesday. So that's why it wasn't in our plan of things to do. Okay. So we knew the lighthouse would be closed, but we were like, that's okay. We don't care about going into the lighthouse. We'll just drive out to where the lighthouse is so we can see the view. So we get in our car and the first sign we see is lighthouse closed on Tuesdays. We're like, well, we know that. That's okay. We don't care about seeing the lighthouse. Right. The next sign we see, this is a 14-mile drive from Point Reyes to the lighthouse where we're staying at Point Reyes. So the next sign we see is road ahead flooded. Okay. So right. we, we see the road <laughs> and it's only flooded on one side of the road. So Surely we can drive right, on the so, other side. Exactly. Exactly. See, you should have been with us. So exactly. So I'm like, okay, let's go around the flood. So we do that. The fog is now starting to roll in because it's like four o'clock and it's kind of drizzly, but it's rolling in kind of above us. So I can still see, but there are hardly any people on the road. And there were, there are thousands and thousands of cows. I mean, not just hundreds of cows. There are thousands of cows on this 14 mile stretch. And all we see is cows. That's, you know, that's all in our view. So now We go past the flood, we see thousands of cows, the fog's coming in, and now we see a guy in a truck on the opposite side of the road. He gets out of his truck with a shovel. I wish you could see, Lathan, I wish everyone could see your face. He gets out of the truck with a shovel over his shoulder, and my daughter Allie says, Mom, this is how murder movies start, okay? A man, a truck, and a shovel. Like, what is he digging up exactly? Right. In the fog. Right, in the fog. And no other cars. Right. So we still continue, right? We, like, we like go around him, and it's like, okay, hopefully he won't be here when we come back, and we get to the lighthouse, and of course it's closed, and we can't see anything because the fog is so bad you got it because yes we saw all the signs Mm -hmm. and logically it was there are all these signs saying don't go to the lighthouse Mm -hmm. but my daughter and I were laughing so hard with the guy in the shovel we were crying when just talking about the horror stories and going back to how much we liked murder mysteries and we were laughing so hard we were crying (laughs) that had we not done this First of all, I wouldn't have the story to share, mm-hmm. but in more serious, we wouldn't have had that experience together. Mm-hmm. That didn't turn out to be dangerous at all. Now, it had its moments. We can you know, doubt my judgment here a little, but don't judge me on that one, is by not following those signs, but really following my inner gut signs right. that said, we're going to be okay. Right. Said, we have cell service, nothing, you know, this is point raise. It's not mm-hmm. like we're out in Timbuktu land. I mean, mm-hmm. there, sure, there are thousands of cows and a man with a shovel, but other than that, we're going to be just fine. That's right. But so I'm not sure what the moral of the story is, mm-hmm. other than it was following my gut signs, which were stronger than the visible signs mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to hear what you think. Yeah. I mean, speaking to that, I think that that part of the journey for you was about looking at the external signs versus the internal compass and the internal compass said it was okay. 
and that's why you kept going. I think that if you felt strongly, especially if you saw the guy with the shovel, if you saw that and then something flared up inside of you and said, turn around, I think that in that instance, and just what I've just perceived about you, that you would have been like, you know what, we're, we're going to make you turn. And I think that there's, that's a really beautiful lesson in sharing, um, especially for people who are trying to figure out like, is this my intuition or is this, you know, me sort of trying to think my way through a situation? Am I really listening to my gut or is there some other uh, chatter happening? And this is a great example of that where there's all of this stuff that's happening outside and visual signs and cues that might lead you towards making a decision or not. And then the gut that's like, okay, well, this compass says one thing and externally there's an, a, ma- a constellation of things that are happening that I could listen to or not. And I think that in any situation, especially for people navigating life and career and other things, there's a whole bunch of things that show up that tell you maybe this isn't for you, but you rationalize otherwise, why not to do, why to stay in the situation? Oh, but it's not that bad or, you know, this or that. We try to fit something and compartmentalize something into um, something tangible so that we can weigh out the options versus listen to the wisdom that says, and the signs that say, you know, get out. Right. So I think that that's a really beautiful way to illustrate the difference, right? Like there are visual cues that are showing you that information and you can take that information and say, based on what I'm feeling with this coming in, as I check it against the compass, I feel okay. Right. Or, you know what, with that coming in, this doesn't feel right anymore. And I think that's also going to change based on like, depending who else was driving, if it weren't you, if it were other people going debate based on their life experiences, any trauma they've had, their level of risk friendliness too. Because I think some people, especially entrepreneurs and people that are um, more risk friendly are going to walk into a situation and be like, Oh, whatever fog, you know, <laughs> and see the adventure in something, even with the challenges. And so I think, um, That's another uh, marker around your intuition, the bandwidth of your intuition, as well as your your personal compass uh, around fear. Because some people would have been afraid just because the fog was rolling in. And you were like, whatever, it's not really that bad. And so I think that that's another, you know, each person is going to feel different. And that's why I think it's important that you said, like, you can't judge because everybody's so different in what would make sense for them, what they would feel comfortable with. But I took that as like a lesson in you feeling so tapped into your intuition and knowing that you were going to show up there, even if it wasn't visible, you know, the, the coastline, you still had this adventure with your daughter and you were the arbiter of what was safe. Like you were the one that was governing whether or not it was a safe situation. So your daughter didn't have to, she was able to relax and just enjoy this really funny experience with her mom and not be afraid because you were going to be the one at any given moment to say, okay, this is no longer safe or this is no longer you know, the, the way we're headed. 
But that also only comes with somebody who's not afraid to take risks and who feels and who's super tapped into their judgment and their intuition and who's like also fun, like up for adventure because half the time, I mean, there was an adventure to be had, right? right? And so if you didn't go because of the fact that the fog was coming, you wouldn't be telling the story. So I think that um, it's always hindsight that gives us this experience that that we can share later and, and then be able to, I think, measure in the way that you just have. And I think part of it, too, is you just said the adventure. This whole trip for my daughter, for Allie and I, was to go on an adventure. Mm-hmm. It was a little mini road trip up the coastline. Yeah. And so that part of your heart was there versus I think the me, the mom, the normal mm-hmm. mom, would have been like, you know what? It's miserable out. It's rainy. It's drizzling. It's a little foggy. Let's just stay here and take right, a right, nap, right. right? Right. But because I was like, we only have four days. Right. And it's an adventure. Mm-hmm. Let's make, and you know, I'm, I'm, I am a risk taker, but I'm not risky with safety. Right. So I would never do anything to put you know, my daughter or me in unsafe. As I said, we had cell service. So right. had we not had cell service, I may have rethought the whole thing as right. we were getting out there, right? No, totally. And we kept checking that and saying, do we have cell service? Do we have cell yeah. service? Um, and there were cars coming the other way. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like we were the only car. But it was, you know, I wouldn't want my daughter. I said to my daughter, I know that you should follow my example. But, like, don't do this with your friends. Right. <laughs> but I think part of that is because they don't have the same experiences right. that we have. So That's for right. them, it's more of a let's go out. And, ri- and drive in the fog mm-hmm. than it is for me saying the fog is just a little. Mm-hmm. I've driven in much, much worse fog, mm-hmm. you know, coming from Pennsylvania and living in D.C. and dra- making that travel to see my parents through the mountains mm-hmm. of Pennsylvania. I also think I think those external signs in some ways relate to the voices of other people. So mm-hmm. sometimes, right, we want to do something mm-hmm. and someone based on their experiences comes in. Right. And I've told this story that when I left USA Today and I, I had a good contract with the startup and things all seemed great. But a man said to me, you know, I can't believe you actually left. You are a single parent. You have no child support and mm-hmm. you left the golden handcuffs of USA Today to become an entrepreneur. Those words stuck with me for the longest time because I am such a responsible person and that made me feel so irresponsible. Mm. But as Libby Moore said to me, that was his crap that he was projecting on you. Right. And I think sometimes those external voices, we allow them, and I, I'm so glad I left USA Today and I'm so glad with all the ups and downs of being mm-hmm. an entrepreneur over the years, I'm so glad I did it. Um, I wouldn't have met my husband had I not died. You know, there's just so many great things in my life that would, would have never have happened. Mm-hmm. Speaking of other great things in life, Toyota is introducing an all-new crossover, the Toyota CHR. Distinctive style meets unique spirit in the all-new Toyota CHR. It's about embracing the unexpected in an edgy crossover that effortlessly takes center stage. Uniquely expressive, CHR's precision cut lines let it shine from every angle. Tucked away neatly and nicely all throughout your CHR, are advanced safety features and measures that are designed to help keep you alert and safe in the event of an accident. Because, as any good driver knows, accidents can happen. And when it comes to driving, the best defense is a smart offense. Born from the ingenuity of a race car driver, CHR is designed to maximize driving pleasure every time you turn the wheel. So embrace and express that bold spirit in the smartest way possible. Visit toyota.com slash C dash HR to learn more. 
Drivers are responsible for their own safe driving. Always pay attention to your surroundings and drive safely. Depending on the conditions of roads, weather, and the vehicle, the system may not work as intended. Mentoring Moments is brought to you by Braintree. If you think that your payment system exists solely for the purpose of transferring money from a customer's wallet to yours, think again. Braintree, rethink payments. Learn more at braintreepayments.com slash Forbes. So I want to get into your mentoring moment. I want to hear your story. Well, I feel like there's so many instances where I felt supported by mentorship and where I've been able to serve as a mentor. But the most beautiful, I feel like, is when it comes, like when it's happening both ways. And one instance I'll share just kind of speak to what you said about these voices. You know, I, I was saying how I gave a commencement speech in my high school over the weekend and I hadn't prepared the speech until I got on the plane, which is like typical, like it's just how I do things. <laughs> so I get on the flight, obviously two hours, I sit, I write this incredible speech. I don't know if it was commencement-y, you know, but it came across, it touched everybody. It was a standing ovation and it was incredible, not because I talked about myself, but because I talked about experiences I had and how it made me the same as the other kids that were graduating high school. And for me, what I thought was interesting um, in this experience was that before I even saw these teachers who I knew from 20 and 24 years ago, I was able to reach back into my memory for some moments that were pivotal in shaping my development, but also that helped me to um, create this constellation that I look back on that I could like hold up as a map for these students, not to follow, but to see like how I designed my life and based upon like some fundamental moments of teaching that happened to me in really formative years of my life. And this for me was an opportunity in like 20 minutes to mentor like 65 people that were graduating without having to make it about me, if that makes sense, but really about a human experience, a personal growth or transformation and of like being a seed. And I talked about this idea of seeds and how they're encoded with everything they need to grow. And they're basically these, these small suspended energy of excellence in, in a little tiny package with everything that it needs to grow. And in the right conditions, it will blossom into what it's meant to be and how the environment that they are in and that I was in provides everything that you need to become the best version of yourself, like we've been talking about. And that now it's up to them to take everything like this organic root system that they've like anchored in for four years and be able to now go out into the world. What's also interesting about this experience of growth is the same seeds can grow through the cracks in the sidewalk or You know, I was in um, Portugal and I was at this permaculture, not center, but like this little permaculture farm um, right on the beach. 
this was like the most unforgiving soil that you could imagine. There was like hardly anything brown about it. It was like sand, okay? And the plants that were growing in this basically sand, hard, really nutrient deficient soil were so potent. And the reason these plants were so potent is because the plants that grow in the least optimal conditions and have the, the most stress have the most volatile oils, which means they're more potent, more powerful, and stronger than plants that have everything they need. So you think about like what that says, that people on both sides, like people who have everything they need to thrive and people who have nothing that they need to thrive are both in really good conditions to grow, to become the best for, like these ones sometimes come out stronger than the ones who have everything. And so it's just interesting to, to be in an environment where kids have everything and they were provided for, and some who've come from all over, I mean, kids who came from all over the world, but also having come from me, having come from California, going into like a predominantly um, white school in an environment that was super conservative 24 years ago. And navigating that, I was like, how was I even living here after living in New York for like 20 years or so? I was like, this is crazy that I was living in this environment, but I was thriving in this environment. And um, so I think for me, this mentoring moment that sort of popped up, because I was going to talk about something else, but this was so interesting to me that like I was seeing these kids that looked like they had lived so much life and they were 18 and 17 years old. And I was saying something about a human experience and that, and what I saw in each of them without even knowing them. But at the same time, they were like reflecting back to me how much we were the same and how this journey that we're all on is just a continuum. And I think you and I were talking a little bit about how there's lessons that each of us are learning. And some of us, it's like at birth, like you just got, it's like, you just get life, you know, and everything's fine. And you're just kind of like here. And other of us, there's like certainly things that we struggle with over the years and, and that we get, or that we don't. And then you look at someone else, you're like, how do they have that down? I'm like still working on that. Or I was listening to the kids get their awards and I'm like, how do they even know about this? Like, I'm, I'm like, are these, these are just high school students. I was trying to wrap my head around the fact that they were studying things and the level of accelerated learning and even accelerated living puts them further along in life than I was at that same age. And even my parents were at the age I was, right? So it was humbling because I was learning so much as I, after the speech, talking to each of these students and their families and stuff, you know, I didn't think I was coming there to teach them something. And I think, you know, trustees, they're like, you know, there with their quotes and they sound all like, you know, ready for commencement. I just wanted to like share reflections really and, and have them think about some things that I was also thinking about, but they also left me something to think about. And it was really about this larger sort of conversation about like growth and this continuum of growth and where we all fall in it. So I don't know. I felt like as much as I had something to share with each of those students, they had each of them shared something back with me, which, you know, I always love when that happens, when you move into an experience where someone reaches out and they ask you a question, but then they're able to also enlighten you on something. I love that. 
And speaking of enlightening, let's talk about Braintree. When it comes time to check out, consumers have come to expect a wide range of payment options. Or to be more accurate, there are a wide range of consumers out there, and every one of them expects you to offer their preferred payment method. You can look at this as a hassle, but Braintree would suggest you look at it as an opportunity. When you rethink your payments, it's easy to let your customers have it their way. Braintree, rethink payments. Find out more at braintreepayments.com slash Forbes. Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Garnishing your ham with pineapple? Pair it with a delicious Chardonnay to make their taste buds swirl. Deviled eggs are even better when paired with a light, dry wine like a bubbly Prosecco or a Pinot Grigio. For me, nothing beats recommending a great wine. And with such an extensive selection, I can help you find the perfect one in your budget. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, Total Wine & More has you covered with 8,000 wines, 3,000 spirits, and 2,500 beers at always low prices. Cheers! guys, it's Richard Blaze. And I'm Jasmine Blaze. Listen, we got a new show coming out every week with Podcast One. It's called Starving for Attention. Get an entertaining, behind-the-scenes look at the world of food with me, chef, television personality, and author. And I'm here to make sure he behaves himself and doesn't make up any words. I make up lots of words. And we're going to be talking to anyone and everyone in the culinary industry, including restaurateurs, television hosts, famous chefs, producers of your favorite cooking and competition shows, and more. Here's some spontaneous back-of-house conversation about what it takes to make it in different parts of the food business, global trends, and where the industry overlaps with entertainment. Plus, play along with our games, trivia, and other wacky moments. You're going to get hungry for more or possibly terrified to go to restaurants. Either way, we're going to have some fun. Whether you like it or not. Pull up a seat every Tuesday on PodcastOne.com, the new Podcast One app, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Mentoring Moments is brought to you by WordPress.com. More websites run on WordPress than on any other platform. Create your blog or small business website today and get 15% off any new plan purchase at WordPress.com slash Forbes. That's WordPress.com slash Forbes. Now back to chatting with Latham. The other day I was talking to someone and she said, you know, I, I have all these demands on my time, which yeah. I so appreciate. And she said, and, you know, and then there are these young women who want to get together and I want to get together with coffee, but I really don't have time because I'm meeting with the power women. And I had said, you know, I have to tell you, I learn more when I have coffee with the younger women. I come away more energized than I do with most power women that I meet with. Not all power women. I'm not right. saying that. I'm not, I'm not lumping all of us. I'm, and that's not with every young person either. Right. But I think when we start to realize that we all have something and that whatever that seed, and I love the, the story about the plants growing from the sand, mm-hmm. um, that we all have something to share. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it comes from how willing are others to listen yes, and to take what it is that we have to share. That's right. Because regardless of age, what someone has to share may not in the moment be the most important thing to you. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I've learned of on all my years of life is those stories when people are just really being authentic pop up for you sometime later. It might be something that I want to do with my daughter. And I think, oh, I remember so-and-so told me mm-hmm. this. And not so much, you know, so-and-so told me to go to this play. But I remember the story so-and-so told me about when she was that age and this happened to her and how embarrassing it was. Because I look at it 
knowing that you're going to get through it. I'm 63, right? Mm -hmm. I know we're going to get through this. But when you're 23 and 24, you don't always know you're going to make it through the other end. That's true. It's so true. But I've learned so much from the young women that I work with and that are in my life that I always come away feeling energized from from those learnings. And I think, you know, when you talk about that whole mentoring relationship – that's how mentoring moments started mm. was women saying to me that they don't have time for young women mm. that you know they're busy and it's a time suck and so but do you think it's a time suck or what was the general complaint about the time suck because i feel like because you're saying that you gained something and you felt energized so i'm wondering if the way that it was set up right like how the young women were approaching yes if that was the issue or if it's like you feel like, oh, I'm beholden to do this, if you're showing up like that. So I'm wondering what is your unique approach to working with young people and having that that process, what's the engagement process that makes it feel different for you than for these women who are saying that they feel like it's a time suck? I think I redefined mentoring earlier than some people have. So there are some women that I mentor that – it's really more intensive and, and still not to the extreme intensive relationship, mm-hmm. but it's more if you need help with your sales deck, if you need to run ideas by me, I'm, I'm at your beck and call kind of, right? You don't have to think about, am I bothering her? Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm there for you. And the women that are my mentees in that role of a mentee, they're very respectful of my time. That's right. So it just works, right? They so value. They, right. So they aren't just calling me for every, you know, every thought they have. Mm-hmm. So I know when they call me or email me, it's important to them, that they Mm -hmm. really need my support or my advice or my thoughts. Then other women, and this is where mentoring moments came up, but even there's this between that relationship and that really intensive relationship and mentoring moments of democratizing mentoring is the group of women who I might get together with once a quarter right? and we'll have coffee. And then you bring them all with each other? Sometimes, but sometimes it's one-on-one because Mm -hmm. if they don't know each other, a lot of times they won't be as forthcoming as to what's really bothering them because they are young and they're still worried about what will so-and-so think about Mm -hmm. me, right? I don't really know her. Mm -hmm. And so you don't get like what's really going on, Mm -hmm. especially topics like pregnancy, Mm -hmm. things that are personal, right? Um, And you know that better than anyone, Mm -hmm. that it's a really hard subject to talk about, especially if you're trying to get pregnant or you're pregnant and don't want to be pregnant, whatever, you know, it's, it's a personal Mm-hmm. It's a per- it's your personal story. Yeah. So, but even then, when it's the one on one, I don't leave with a follow up unless I decide I want one. Like I may say, I'm going to introduce you to someone, mm. but my role is not to now take on a job for you. My role is to share stories. I mm-hmm. want to hear your stories, and by hearing your stories, I'm able to share with other people. So it's not only my learning, mm-hmm. but I'm able to pass that on. Right. So that's where I look at the benefits of even if it's coffee for an hour, mm-hmm. it never ends up to be a half an hour. So when people say meet me for coffee for a half, how's that possible? Right. <laughs> that's just not possible. Right. They don't even show right. up until right. like exactly. sometimes right. a half hour. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so that doesn't, that doesn't happen. Right. But I, I do want to talk about some of your learnings yes. and, um, and your new book. And also, you know, I think as we were saying earlier that women are struggling so much and mm-hmm. I hear it from so many women about what is the ROI on taking care of me? Oh, I mean, I don't even know where to start with that except for the fact that it is critical to put yourself first in every endeavor. I know like I just got off of the airplane yesterday. It's the part of the safety, you know, um, part of 
the safety measures when you get on the airplane, when they say put your safety mask on first before assisting others. And we know, we hear that, you know that if the plane does lose oxygen flow, you're probably not doing that, right? You're probably like, oh my God, I'm going to help other people. Yes, helping everybody else. But in life, this is what we do, right? Um, We sort of suffocate ourselves. We don't supply ourselves with the oxygen we need, with the nutrients that we need. If we're talking about, you know, plants, like, you know, we allow like weeds and other things to like strangle us. And so in our personal lives, professional lives, usually for a lot of people, those start start to collide, right? Where the responsibilities that you have in the workplace, there's some sort of emotional and socio effects that you feel when you leave that you carry with you when you go home. And then when you get home, there's a completely different matrix of responsibilities and relationships that you have to navigate and provide for and support and all the other things. And then after you, so you have the work, you have the home, and sometimes home is at work and, you know, otherwise. Then you have to, at the very, very bottom, after you take care of everybody else, then whatever is left over is what you have. But guess what? There's never anything left over. And so you're creating this deficit for yourself because usually you're going to bed late because you're trying to also catch up on something else work-wise or if you have also something you're doing on the side, like a side hustle, then now you're working on that side project or that passion project or trying to transition yourself into entrepreneurship, then you're making space for that. So that's probably happening at the end of your day rather than the top of your day. Then you um, aren't going to bed early And what we know about sleep is that, um, I mean, there's so much research about sleep, but one of the things is like that the lack of good sleep, like doesn't make us, you know, functional the next day. Like we need the actual cognitive energy to be able to make good decisions, also to be really um, productive in the workplace. And so we're not even starting the day like with on, on a hundred, we're already starting a deficit. So then we tend to lean towards coffee or other types of stimulants to stimulate ourselves because we're not on our own awake enough or energetic enough. Right. And that's not just because of lack of sleep, but that's also because of the emotional drain of the things that we don't have outlets for. So we're not probably exercising enough. And I'm seeking like in a blanketed way because everybody has their thing that they're not doing enough of, but these are the areas where we tend to fall short. So say you have it mapped out, like I'm going to exercise, these are times I'm going to exercise, but then something pops up, the kid gets sick, or you have a big project at work, or you have to travel. What's going to get off the tape? What's going to be pushed off first? Exercise. It's like, that's a luxury, right? We're just going to look like I can't, like I don't have time. So that goes off. Then when we think about eating, like, are we eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Are we having snacks? Are we taking, carrying like a little mobile pantry for ourselves so that we have something on the go so that we can stay energized because we're using so much energy to do all the things that we do. We're not eating enough. So if we look at all these areas, it's like everything that we do, it's like a massive amount of, takes a massive amount of energy, but we don't, we don't look at like how much it takes to get these things done and how how much of a deficit we're putting ourselves in by not eating well, sleeping well, 
exercising well, practicing mindfulness because of the stress that we have that's putting us in a constant frenetic state whereby we don't fall asleep when we want to, whereby we can't relax, whereby we may be gaining weight or losing weight depending on how our body deals with stress. So there's all of these factors, right? And everybody has their own presentation of how it shows up, but just doing one thing, stopping in the moment, taking 10 deep breaths will change your blood chemistry, will change the flow of the brain waves, will organize your brain waves. So now you can actually think good thoughts or productive thoughts to continue on the course of, or the trajectory of getting work done will help to soothe the nervous system. Like that's just for free. Before we get more breathing tips from Latham, I want to do a shout out to WordPress. As we're talking, I'm looking at a beautiful orchid, a white orchid that's on my table. Do you know that the way to water an orchid is to put one ice cube on top of the dirt once a week, as far from the roots as possible? I learned that from my local florist, a small shop where personal attention is key. But how could a small business make a really big impact? By going to WordPress.com and creating a website for your business or personal blog. Even if you don't have a clue how to build a website, WordPress.com can guide you through the process, starting with customized themes. Plus, when you're on WordPress.com, you'll get built-in social sharing and search engine optimization. On WordPress.com, you are part of a community, 24-7 support. Come see why nearly 30% of all websites run on WordPress and why more websites run on WordPress than on any other platform. Get started today with 15% off any new plan purchase. Go to WordPress.com slash Forbes to create your website and find the membership plan that's right for you. That's WordPress.com slash Forbes for 15% off your brand new website. WordPress.com slash Forbes. Mentoring Moments is brought to you by FreshBooks, a super easy to use cloud accounting software for small business owners that saves you time and gets you paid faster. Now used by over 10 million people worldwide. For your 30-day free trial, go to freshbooks.com slash Forbes and enter Mentoring Moments in the How Did You Hear About Us section. So Latham, is there a certain way of breathing you'd recommend to listeners of the show? Well, yeah, through the belly. So um, what we tend to do as women too is like kind of tighten in our belly area because like we don't have permission for our bellies to be um, hanging hanging or anything (laughs) except for in pregnancy, right? So it's like everything's tight here always. But um, so yeah, we allow the belly to expand as we inhale and as we exhale, the belly moves towards the midline of the body. But the chest is usually want to sit upright to do this breathing with the feet. Press on the keeping floor, your shoulders down. Shoulders down. Yeah, both feet on the floor so you feel the ground beneath you. Um, if you're in a chair, you can do this lying down. But it's just a deep belly breath. So it's an inhale through the nose. And then an exhale sighing. Like an ocean spray. And when we do that, just even 10 breaths like that, it's going to like, like this, it re- calibrates the nervous system, just 10 breaths. So I'm not saying it does it for like the rest of your life, but for that moment, right? So it's like, we just have to intercept ourselves and say, wait a minute, this is getting too far because this accelerated living that we're doing, like this kind of everything's fast paced. There's never a moment 
we can get on this like hamster wheel where we also disconnect with that intuition you were talking about, where there's all kinds of signs that we see along the way that are telling us to listen and we ignore them. And then we get to a point where we fall with illness or um, something happens. Maybe it's like for some people, it's just like getting sick. Some people, it's like their body turning in on itself, like autoimmune disorder, right? From not listening to signals of the body. So I think that on the, the short term, it's that you will have the energy, you will have the mental capacity, you will have the drive, you will have the passion um, to do all these things because you're fortified from within and you're fortified from the lifestyle that you've created to support what you want to do, which is your goals. And so I think part of the issue is that we don't align our actions with the goal that we put in place. Because if the goal is to have this amazing new business that I'm transitioning into an in, in entrepreneurship, then the way that we support a growing business is the way that we, I see it is that the way that we support a growing baby. And so growing babies within, like, how do we take care of the baby? Mommy eats well, mommy sleeps, mommy, like we do all these things and that helps a baby to come to fruition and then be born healthy. How do we support a business being healthy? Like the business is attached to everything about you in the beginning. It's like all you. Oh, for sure. It's like right? having a baby. It is it's like a having, baby. It is a baby. So You're the same it. principles we have to apply. Like if you are not eating well and drinking well and resting and all these things, when you show up to put pour your energy into this, the building blocks of the business are not firm if you're not if you're not showing up at your best. So I think people aren't seeing thinking like not making the connection that like this, the well being of anything that you grow ha- is directly correlated to your own well being. And so, how we can move through our lives and, and be an example also in our families and communities, because when our families see us like run down and we don't take care of ourselves. Our children learn these patterns from us about not taking care of themselves. My fiance has kids that don't take care of themselves. And I'm like, he's like, I don't understand why they don't go to the doctor. I'm like, look at you. Right. Like, you're, where's your example? You know what I mean? Like you have to also be responsible. You know, we have to lay this foundation for ourselves. I talk about it so much. This new book is so much about self-care um, as a pathway to empowerment. And I know that if we use the principles that work for us, right? So it's not about finding like Latham's way. It's about finding your way through self-discovery and making it every day you show up to the office of self-care. Like every day you do something for yourself, not when you're just broken down and like your back is about to blow out and you got to finally get a massage. Not just, you know, what people think is indulgent massage or spa-like things. It is like reading a good book and cuddling up on the couch, going for a walk in the midday, having lunch with friends, you know, taking a bath, like these really easy, cheap and free things that can be a part of life. And like we talked about before adventure and making us feel like we're enjoying the moment that allows us to show back up to work and feel like a hundred percent or to home or whatever it is. And I think pleasure is a big piece of that too. Like you have to find the things in life that bring you joy and intimacy is a part of that. And so if it was quantifiable, I don't even know how to quantify, but I have to say it's off the charts. It's so important. And if all women were doing this, like we would be like running, I mean, we already run the world, but we would really be in the stratosphere with like the level of not just production, but like the level of satisfaction that we would have in life. Because just claiming your well being is part of, as a necessary part of your 
evolution in whatever you do is so important because otherwise like there is no like business. There's nothing like it's not going to last. If you're essentially at the helm, it's not going to last if you're not doing well. So is it really looking at it and saying we need to flip the script in a way? So instead of me thinking I have to work, I have to work, I have to work. Oh, and well, you know what? I really don't have time to go take that Pilates class. Even though I wanted to, I really don't because I'm working and I'm mm-hmm. busy. And, but if I were to take the Pilates class, then I'll have more energy mm-hmm. and my work may get done better or faster. Yes. I think for some people it's hard. It was really hard for me at, with Pilates at first mm-hmm. to really – I go to Pilates three days a week now, amazing. sometimes four days a week. Mm-hmm. And, but and Denise looks amazing, by the way. So. <laughs> but it's, it really is – a part of my life. And That's if right. I don't make it or if the instructor isn't there, I mean, I always make it, but like if I'm traveling and I don't go, I really miss it because it's become such a way for me for an hour each day yes. to do, I can't, you cannot think in Pilates. And so whatever your form of Pilates is, I'm not suggesting mm-hmm. everybody do Pilates, but whatever that is for yourself. That's right. So even if my day gets busy, I have done one thing for myself that That's day right. that has been solely to make me healthier. Yes. And to give me the time to think, not to not think really. So mm-hmm. that gives me the time to think because mm-hmm. for an hour, I'm not thinking about anything other than where's my leg supposed to go exactly at mm-hmm. this point? And mm-hmm. you want me to do what with my hand at the same time? Right. Um, but it takes you out of that, oh my God, I have this going on. Yeah, you're this out of your to do list. And yeah. the, you know, all of that, all of the worries mm-hmm. that go on with us. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that. I think we just need to be done with of being the nurturer to the point where we're not nurturing ourselves. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. Before we get into I'm done with that, let me give a shout out to FreshBooks. You know, through this episode, we've been talking about how sometimes we end up on roads that we just aren't expecting. Well, a similar thing happened to FreshBooks on its way to becoming the largest cloud accounting software platform for small business owners in the world. As a company, they've managed to stay small while soaring to over 10 million users strong. Or is it the other way around? Has FreshBooks customer base soared because their company has stayed small. Named as a small giant on Forbes' list of best small companies this year, FreshBooks has been recognized for focusing on greatness over growth. By drastically simplifying tasks like tracking expenses and getting paid online, invoicing so you can send professional-looking invoices in about 30 seconds, and delivering award-winning customer service that usually picks up in under three rings, FreshBooks has changed how small business owners deal with their day-to-day paperwork. But this is only a fraction of what FreshBooks can do, and they want you to see more. To claim your 30-day free trial, no credit card required, just go to freshbooks.com slash Forbes and enter Mentoring Moments in the How Did You Hear About Us section. You're listening to Mentoring Moments with Denise Rastari. So let's dive into I'm Done With That. I'll kick it off. I thought about this this weekend because I watched a bad movie, Miss Sloan. I don't know if you've seen this. No. Jessica Chastain. I was like really disappointed because I think she's a good actress. But, yeah, she is, isn't she? Yeah, but the movie itself was not great. But I thought this is one time, though, I am glad I watched the whole thing because the ending was interesting. Mm-hmm. But it was painful to get to the ending. It mm. was like, it was like, okay, if the ending's not good, this is going to be really hard. But what I am really done with lately is if I'm reading a book and it's not good, I'm giving myself permission to say... I don't need to finish this. That's right. And it's okay. Even if other people have said this is the best book ever, it's okay for me to say, it's just not the best book for me. It doesn't make me stupid. It doesn't make me less interesting. Right. It's just not 
getting to me. So that's what I'm done with. I'm done with bad books, bad movies, finishing them. Okay. I love that. And you know what? I have that rule, but it's more because I read so slowly that like if I read through the full book and it's that bad, I'm going to be so pissed because it takes me way longer to read a book. So you read slowly for a reason? I just read slowly. Like I, I didn't realize I read slow until I read, like I was reading with my son and he was turning the pages like I'm still reading. <laughs> and he's like, you're still on that page. I'm like, yeah. So I'm like, I don't Maybe know. Maybe you're I absorbing more than those of us who. I don't know if that's the case, but all I know is it takes me right. much longer. So I have to, if it's not good, I have to give up earlier. Same with movies. I feel you on that. It's like five minute rule or 10 minute rule. But I noticed that I did that on, uh, on something and people told me that it was like on a Netflix series and people told me that it was good. And I was like, I struggled through the first um, episode, but then I went back and I started from the point that I had stopped watching and it actually was good, but it was only because I had to get through the rough patch. I didn't start from the beginning because I probably would have turned it off again. So, but I feel you on that. I love that. I am done with, you know, going back to the mentorship thing. I hate when people say, may I pick your brain? Oh my God. <laughs> Please. I'm done with yes. picking my brain. You cannot the pick my brain. No. It sounds painful. First right. of all, picking your brain sounds painful. No, you may not pick my brain. I feel like I should write a blog on like, no, you may not pick my brain and other annoying things. You should stop asking people because I feel as though when you reproach someone like that, maybe this is what um, some of the mentors and power women have said in the past to you pop. I mean, I'm thinking maybe this is one of those areas is that, you're just implying that you don't see the value in the work enough to maybe schedule a consult or like sign on maybe as someone who does like maybe a course with you or they don't really want to invest in mentorship so much as they want to kind of pick and choose the things from your journey that they see as valuable to them in the moment, not pay you, I guess, with a coffee for your time and then have like a map of what they should do for their life, which is not going to work by the way, because each of us has a different arc for how we're supposed to move through life and what works for you. doesn't work for me and vice versa. And all doesn't always work. So I think that what annoys me about it is that it's just one of those things where you just assume that not ever, like that I'm not getting thousands of other emails asking to do that. But also, it's just like kind of like rude. Like I wrote actually in the book about a couple different ways that we can, um, that mentors could support um, in ways that might be really fun for them. And also for interesting ways for mentees or potential mentees to engage and to make themselves more, become the person that the mentor should want to mentor, um, become that person, I think. And I think you do that through a series of actions and ways of engaging. And I think that there's ways that you could approach by saying, and I had a friend who did this really beautifully. There was a conference he attended and he went in several countries and saw this and paid and everything. And then knew that the guy didn't have the conference in New York and thought it should come to New York. So he wrote to the founder who was like in the sciences and, and he said, listen, you know, I think this is a really amazing, you know, venture you started personally, I've gained so much and here's the things that I've learned. And here's a one area that I have of expertise that I see as a really powerful thing that you could include. And here's how I could see myself helping you to develop that. Um, if it was something you're interested in exploring, I'd be open to a conversation or meeting you, you know, wherever along, if you're happen to be in the United States, I'm happy to come to wherever you are to maybe meet you for a conversation. Do you know 
that they ended up meeting in New York. He took him for like, it was supposed to be an hour lunch. Like you said, it's never an hour or whatever. They end up the entire day. He's on his board now. He helped him develop this conference in New York. And, but it was because he had not just, may I pick your brain? He had a bold question. He had offered a solution. He honored him in all of the work that he had already done and what he does so well and said, here's a way that I know that personally I can leave an imprint and make it even better. Not that it's not amazing, but that here's what I could do to lift you. Right. And if you would be open to that, I'm happy to meet with you to talk about how I can lift you, not just how you can help me because he's already immersed in what, um, and, and was supported by what this man created. So I think that that's a way that I feel like as young people, wherever you are in the continuum, let's look to see how we can serve in the same space of asking for something, because it's like, everyone's asking for something. Yes. And I feel like if you're getting thousands of emails about like, can I get for meet you for tea? Or can you answer this question or whatever? It's like, it's nice when someone's like, Denise, you're doing this super well. And I've been following you for forever. And I come to every event or every this or every that I notice this thing, or I have this epiphany that like, here's something that you could be doing. And it's something like if you weren't thinking about it, and then someone wants to take the responsibility and like bring their bandwidth as well as their like passion to helping grow this, you might sit down with them and like explore what that would be. Right. And it shows their initiative, right? Right. There's there's a young woman I'm writing about soon on Forbes doing a mentoring moments, the post with her. Mm -hmm. And she reached out to me called and just like you, we get hundreds, thousands of hundreds, maybe of requests of, you know, can you please meet with me or can you please be my mentor? You know, will you mentor me via email, whatever. And she wrote to me and she said, I want you to know, I've been reading, listening and there's one thing that I you know, wanted to share with you that I like the most. And here's what I want to hear more of. I'm not asking for anything, but if ever you need input, if you're looking to do an advisory board of young people or whatever, I hope you'll consider me. Here's my, you know, my bio. Here's what I do. Here's the company I run. And here's what I think I could bring to the table. That's amazing. Yes. And how huge is that for her? Now think about that, right? Because now you know who this young lady is. Yes. And if I do an advisory board or whatever, now she doesn't just get one person. She doesn't just get me. She gets other people that if she trusts me to be able to say, I'm only going that I would have great people on my board. Mm-hmm. Then she now gets six, seven, eight, whatever other people that she becomes a circle of. And she's not manipulative. This wasn't a con, you know, this right. is how I'm going to get in. It's truly who, it's who she is. And that's the other thing. You've got to be really authentic in that request. That's right. Because otherwise it comes across as, okay, this is a little game we're playing here. Exactly. So if you're not authentic about wanting to serve, about wanting to help, mm-hmm. then don't do it. That's right. And do not send us an email that says, Will you please be my mentor? Right. And then there's a typo in it on top of it all. That's right. like where you're misspelling you're just, my name. Right. That's where you're looking at and saying, I'm not even responding to this. It doesn't right. even deserve the time for me to respond and tell you why. No. Right. Um, and that could be like saying that that's not motherly, that I'm not like saying, let me tell you what you did wrong. But it's like, no, right. <laughs> I just can't anymore. It used right. to be when I first started, it would be like, let this be a mentoring moment. You know, mm-hmm. the next time you do it, it's like, okay, just listen to mentoring moments and let's figure it out from there. Right. So now we're going to do takeaways. So questions that we have crowdsourced. And one of the questions, and I've heard this more than once was your day. We mm-hmm. want to hear about your day. What are 
one, three, you pick the number. Let's go with three. Let's start with three. Okay. Three things you have to do every day that you just cannot get through the day if you don't do these three things. Okay. Number one, first thing in the morning, it's gratitude and reflection. So that's prayer, meditation, it's just stillness, a way for me to kind of start the day quietly. I try to get up before my son. Um, we call it wake before the quake. It's before everything starts getting crazy in the house. Um, so what time do you get up? So I try to aim to get up like six, sometimes 5.30. It's a little quieter, but like six because my son wakes up at seven. So I, I like to get showered, get myself together, and then start making him breakfast and I wake him up. But first, it's like that time for myself. And how long does that take to, to meditate and, and to be grateful and to do gratitude? You know... For me, it's like a 15, 20 minutes thing. I wake up, I sit, I have a little area in my in my room. And I think that everyone should do this, like set up a little area. You don't have to set up a meditation room. I feel, I see people in the Hamptons have their own like yoga studios in their houses. We, we want to be one of them. We want to inspire <laughs> right. that, right? But like I have a New York City apartment. It's, it's in my room. So I have just put the yoga mat down. I put a little cushion down. You know, I light a little candle sometimes like in Central Palo Santo, I just create like a little area for myself and I just sit there and I breathe. And then what happens is like, it's almost like the day organizes itself because you set the pace by slowing down and not starting jolts of the alarm and then rushing because you're late and then missing your cab and then missing the subway. And it's like, you don't want to have your day happening to you. You want to set up the day so it's happening through you so that you're pacing the day. So that's number one. Um, number two is getting outside. So, I know that, you know, we don't live in New York City, you know, for some of us, it's like a jungle, you know, a concrete jungle, but also there's really beautiful um, spaces outdoors where sometimes there's grass and sometimes there's trees. And I think that just getting fresh air or even having like, depending on where you are in your workplace, positioning yourself near a window so that you can get cross breeze. It's really important to have like, you know, natural element exposure in a day. It helps with cognitive function. It also helps you with just anxiety, nerves. If you have a presentation, taking a walk around the block and then coming back in just helps to like solve, um, set resolve in the mind. And for me, whether it's cold out or if it's really nice weather, I prefer obviously nice weather. We were talking about weather earlier. I love good weather to just walk. So I'll walk to my office. I'll walk everywhere if I can. But if not, then I definitely will try to get outside and find the green spaces. And sometimes we'll take like, you know, we call Central Park our satellite office. Sometimes just take the computer there or whatever work stuff. If you have maybe to read through a presentation, take it outside and read through it and kind of get exposed to the elements, get sunshine, things like that. Cause we spend so much time in the indoors. So for me, no matter what, um, especially in the winter when we don't get as much sunshine, it's really important to get outside and, and let some of that vitamin D hit. Um, and the third thing, um, that's really important for me is, I mean, food obviously, but you know, eating with my family, like finding a way, whether it's breakfast together or dinner together, we try to do both, but we, we do at least a meal together and, um, and depending on, um, the flow of the day and what responsibilities we have. And so many of us women who are doing things in the world have so many things going on commitment wise in the evening, obviously everything that's oriented towards like evening activities, galas, events, networking, all that stuff happens at night. Most of it's not happening during the day. So 
that, you know, kind of like moves into time that I would be having dinner with family. So I try to make sure that again, like when I start the day that I make breakfast, my son's awake, he and I can sit down and have breakfast together. And then the days that I'm not there to make dinner for him, I do try to set it up. So it's really easy. He does know how to cook. So that's helpful. But, um, yeah, I try to have a meal together and I think that that keeps communication lines open and it, um, keeps the family structure really sound. And so that's really important to me. Um, obviously there's tons of other things that I would select, but we're doing three. (laughs) <laughs> and what are some of the foods that you that you love to eat during the day? Oh, so um, and in the middle of the night, if that's <laughs> yes, let's right. Stick with the day. Yeah, well, in the middle of the night, I would say uh, popcorn with truffle salt. Oh, there um, you go. <laughs> but daytime foods, um, I love a smoothie and green juice. Um, Denise had me. She was like, Latham, what do you want? Water, green juice, tea. It was mm-hmm. like I came here and it was just like it's a little like wellness shop. Um, but yeah, I love that in the morning, like a, a green juice. I think is really great. I love that there's this movement towards like avocado toast and these like really healthy kind of, you know, one bowl meals and things like that. Um, I love savory breakfasts. Um, sometimes I'm in the mood for like a porridge or something like that. And other times I just want like steamed greens and kimchi and beans and rice. And, and sometimes I want that at breakfast. It's not often, but now I've gotten into like a little kind of mood with that. So I've been doing like savory breakfast in the morning. Um, but I, I think you should always carry with you snacks because I know I'm somebody who's like a little bird who has to eat like every few hours. Me too. I, right? I always carry definitely water. I always, always have, have water, water. and I always have raw almonds. Always. Yes. And then if I have a juice that's left over, I'll carry that with me. But I always have a pack of raw almonds and water with me. That's essential. I mean, that's like the minimum. That Same. Essential. And that's why our purses are so heavy. That's right. People are like, what are you carrying? <laughs> and that's water. why we need those massages. Exactly. And on that note, we have got to sign off. But thank you. I want to learn so much more from you. <sighs> so much more. So thank you. Thank Mwah. you. Sending you to the <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today. And to get Mentoring Moments the moment it's live every Wednesday, remember to download new episodes on the Podcast One app or subscribe at Apple Podcasts or podcastone.com. And make sure to rate, review, and share. And check out my show notes on Forbes.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts about, are you listening to your gut? And what kind of seeds are you planting? And what do they need to grow? Where do they need to grow? And are you waking before the quake or are you diving right in to the morning quake? Talk to me. I'm easy to find always on Twitter at Denise Ristari. And until next week, keep sharing your stories because your stories matter. Download new episodes of Mentoring Moments every Wednesday at podcastone.com, forbes.com, the Podcast One app, or you can subscribe at iTunes. I'm Christina Wallace. And I'm Kate Scott Campbell. And we're the hosts of The Limit Does Not Exist, a podcast for human Venn diagrams. That's right. We talk to people with intersecting interests in the arts, STEM, entrepreneurship, and so much more. The easiest way to explain science to non-scientists is to use art. I worry that we lose a lot of creative engineers because our engineering curriculum is not creative. Education should be about empowering people to become better thinkers, good problem solvers, creative inventors, and ethical caring citizens. Download new episodes of The Limit Does Not Exist every Monday on the Podcast One app, or you can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com. 
It's time to break the cycle of waste and mess. Time to stop accepting that the way things have been done are the way they should be done. Control-Alt-Delete everything you thought you knew about how to period. We're flipping the script, we're throwing out the book, we're challenging the period status quo. The Diva Cup is eco-friendly, reusable, and offers up to 12 hours leak-free protection. So what are you waiting for? Join the inner revolution with the Diva Cup. The Diva Cup is used for menstrual flow only. Always read and follow the user guide. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. London police have arrested Julian Assange on extradition charges to the United States, as well as for violating his bail. Assange is accused of publishing classified documents through WikiLeaks. In 2010, he told Sky News he was worried about what the U.S. might do to him. The United States recently has shown that its institutions seem to be failing. Uh, They are failing to follow the rule of law. And with dealing with a superpower that does not appear to be following following the rule of law, is a serious business. He also said in 2010 the U.S. officials had threatened him and those associated with him. There has been many calls by senior political figures uh, in the United States Uh, including elected ones in the Senate, uh, for my execution, uh, the kidnapping of my staff. Edward Snowden, the former security contractor who leaked classified information about U.S. surveillance programs, says the arrest of Assange is a blow to media freedom. I'm Rita Foley.